This is the Marriage Bites Podcast, episode 78. Shields up! Protect your marriage. So this is, I think, the earliest we've recorded a podcast. It is... We, just a we, we have done it this early in the have day we? before, but okay. we're trying to get things done, so here we are. Right. We've got a big day ahead of us of things. Yeah. So things. why don't we get right into it? Yes. Uh, shields up protecting your marriage uh what we want to talk about is protecting your your marriage from infidelity and this is something that i came up with last night and we talked about it for quite a while and where's your page of notes you took a whole page of notes i know i was talking and you were writing furiously and i thought this is like college and trying to take notes when your professor is up lecturing you must not know how much i take notes i take notes everything you are really good and, and i get writer's cramp i just you just don't take notes, but I am a note taker. Now, let's be fair. When I was in college, I took a lot of notes, and I mean, I would go through a lecture, and I would have four pages of notes. So that was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Okay, so we're talking about how to keep yourself from infidelity. Now, I want to be really, really careful because sometimes people say, "Well, if your spouse cheated, it's because you didn't have sex with them enough," or if your ch- spouse cheated on you, it's kind of your fault. And I want to be really, really careful not to blame the victim here. So this isn't about how to keep your spouse from cheating. This is about how to keep yourself faithful to your marriage. Right. I think there, well, there's two sides of it in my mind. There's where the both of you work together to safeguard your marriage. And then there's where you work on yourself. And I think the strategy, as far as I see it, and, and, and just like always, this is the, this is what I think, this is my opinion. You may think I'm off in left field, but I really think that these things will safeguard your marriage. I think that that taking the approach of strengthening your marriage is what's going to safeguard your marriage from infidelity. And I have seen plenty of people who have been unfaithful to their spouse or their boyfriend or girlfriend. And it's for a variety of reasons. It could be boredom. They're bored with their companion, um, like them anymore. They don't do fun things anymore. They don't laugh. They don't share intimate things with each other. And I'm not talking about sex. Sex, yes, plays a part. But they don't share intimacy. They they aren't intimate with each other. They don't sit down and talk about those things that are important to them and open themselves up. They don't open their heart to the other person and share those things that are, are most important, those dark secrets, if you will. Or and, not dark secrets. Or not dark secrets. But it's just about being more fully honest with each other. And we've discovered that we thought we were being honest with each other, sharing everything with each other, and found out there was actually a lot of covert dishonesty happening even between us. Even though nobody was cheating and nobody was like, hey, I want out of this marriage. We were still noticing like, oh, I had not been fully, fully honest about that thing. And so even in a good, strong marriage, you can find places where you're not being totally honest with each other. And in a marriage that's kind of rocky, that you're like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't feel safe to be honest. And that's the thing, is being really truly intimate with your spouse is harder than it is to be intimate with a stranger on the street. Because that stranger, if they invalidate you, so what? You'll probably never see them again. Right, you'll move on. Yeah, uh, if, if you go to Facebook and you're like, I have all these problems, and you can tell all your sob stories, not sob stories, to people on the internet, because if they invalidate you, if they tell you you're stupid, you can just block them. And you never have to talk to them ever again. 
right. when it's your spouse, you can't just block them. You can't just be like, well, I'm never going to see you again because you have to see them again. You have to look them in the eye knowing that they know this thing about you. And that feels a lot scarier than talking to some stranger. And that's, I think, I mean, infidelity is complex and there's never just one answer to these kinds of things. But I think a big part of it is that people stop being honest about how they feel with their loved one. I, I think talking about intimacy, and I've been thinking about this a lot lately, because we've been a lot more intimate with each other mm-hmm. about about what's going on in our brains. And what I love about it is I think it strengthened our marriage more than probably anything else. Mm-hmm. I know people say you got to have sex. Yeah, sure, sex is part of the equation. But I would say being intimate with each other is more binding and galvanizing of our marriage than just having a good sexual relationship. Yes. I was the one who came up with the whole Shields thing for the title. Mm-hmm. Or anyone who's surprised, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you haven't Star- been listening if you don't know Kind of know a Star Trek is. guy. Anyway, I really do like the analogy of the starship. You watch Star Trek and when the starship gets shot at, they have their shields up, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the stronger their shields are, the more they can take, the more fire they can take. Mm-hmm. If their shields are weak, they can't take very much. And so we want you to... Think about your marriage as the starship and you want to you want to strengthen your shields so that other things don't come in and affect you. Mm-hmm. You were gonna say something? Yes. Sometimes in the middle in the midst of battle, they will divert power from other places to the shields. They absolutely do. And you can take that analogy in your marriage and say, Where am I putting my time and energy that maybe is not as needed right now that I can divert to shielding my marriage. So So I think and that's a really that's a really good analogy. Well done. Thanks. You're more of a trekkie than you realize. <laughs> so I think that uh, like I said earlier, or maybe you said it, people people are unfaithful for a lot of reasons. Obviously bolstering your intimacy between each other is going to do a lot for your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess when you're when you as a couple you're not close. It's easy. Well, everybody needs to be validated, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody needs something from somebody else. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, you know, we we look for things as as human beings. If we're not getting that from our spouse, it's much easier to get that from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think of the uh, I think of the scenario of you go to work and there's a nice lady there who's nice to you and validates you and jokes with you and every now and then she touches your arm and oh, wow that feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, and then before long you're having lunch with her. And then you're doing things after work. You know, it can grow because now your shields, well, sometimes you've shut your shields off Mm. or they're very low Mm -hmm. and you've allowed that photon torpedo to penetrate your shields. Mm. And as we are, our nature is we want, we want to be loved by somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy then to divert from the person where we're not feeling like we're getting any love to this other person. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you've had an affair, Mm -hmm. a physical affair or an emotional affair. Mm -hmm. And and now you've just, you know, destroyed your nacelles on your ship, right? You've had them shot off and now you're pretty much, you're, you're dead in the water. water. Right. And so for those who don't know, the nacelles are those long cylindrical things on the back of the The starship. ones with the there's, blue lights. Right. There's usually two of them. There's red and blue lights and stuff. Yeah. That create the warp field, which makes them go faster than light. Another thing that can harm your marriage is boredom. Sometimes you, as a couple, will become bored with each other. You just get sort of caught up in, like, the doings of everyday life. The and mundane things of life. forget to have fun together. Right. And then, again, you meet somebody 
Who feels more fun. Who feels more fun. feels exciting. Right. And it, yeah, we all think, I mean, everybody think back about when you were dating your spouse. How fun that was. How exciting that was. Well, things are boring at home. And now you've met somebody else who makes things fun and exciting. That's a draw. I'm not saying that you're always going to go be unfaithful when you feel that way. Because it's natural to have those kind of feelings. Mm-hmm. But but you're less likely to entertain those things. Mm, those feelings. Yeah. yeah. I've heard people express this idea that they have a crush on somebody who isn't their partner. And this is very worrisome. Because they're like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I don't love my husband or wife? And I think that is more common than you think for people to have a crush on somebody that they're not, that's not their partner. And it is alarming, but it doesn't have to be seen as wrong or bad. It's just your brain being a human brain. It doesn't mean that you don't love your spouse. It doesn't mean that you like this other person more. It just means that you feel an attraction to somebody. And maybe that's okay if it's like a temporary thing. Well, that's that's biology, right? Yeah. I, we we can't help that. It's what you do with it. Yes, but I think at the same point, you do have a lot of control over who you feel attracted to, to some degree. I mean, I remember being in high school, and I started to have a crush on this guy, and I was like, mm-mm, that guy's never going to go for me. And then I decided to become unattracted to him. Yes, and I think that's a really important point, because I do hear from people, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help myself. You absolutely can help yourself. Mm-hmm. That now feeling those f- initial feelings, that comes naturally to us. Mm-hmm. It's what you do later with right, those. But you, do you entertain those feelings? Do you nurture those feelings? Correct. Or do you just say, "Okay, that was a, th- a feeling that I had," and moving on. Now I'm going to use those feelings, or use the energy of that, and direct it toward my spouse, and redouble my efforts to nurture attraction to my spouse. Yeah, it man, a lot of good Star Trek analogies here. Um, I was just thinking about the Starship Enterprise. They were fixing this planet's atmosphere and they took some energy from the atmosphere that was building and they directed it through the deflector shield and then out into space. It kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> I don't Where you're remember that. that you're taking that, that energy and, and you're, you're redirecting it towards your marriage. Well, okay. which isn't out you know, in space, but. Sure. Okay. Uh, it works. That analogy works. I hope my brother, Kurt, is listening to this because he's going to get it all. Yes, because he's so excited. We came up with a few things that a couple can do together to help to sort of infidelity-proof their marriage. Quality time is important. There's a lot of talk about quality versus quantity, but really a marriage needs both. And I think quantity time is what leads to the quality time to some degree, but also creating quality time sometimes takes some effort and intention especially if you have kids yeah so you have lots of little kids we had lots of little kids and so it was easy for us to just kind of get lost in the day-to-day and oh now the kids need to be put to bed and the kids need this and now this needs to be cleaned up and it's easy to like focus on those things sometimes it's hard to put those things aside and say listen I'm just gonna let all of that just be the way it is to so that I can spend time with you and not just that we're sitting next to each other watching a show, but that we're really interacting with with each other. We're really talking to each other and sharing something together. That's something that I've tried to do, especially lately, is that when we do finally get time together, is to make sure that it's quality time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go into our room where we have a, we have a love seat in there mm-hmm. and we'll sit down and sometimes I will immediately bring up something deep and heavy mm-hmm. to talk about that is exposing myself 
and and I mean, it, it gets us right to it. Mm-hmm. Now, when I said exposing myself, I'm not dropping my drawers and exposing <laughs> myself. I know, I know, my brother Kurt and my brother Casey. You know, I know that's and, what you're all thinking. Yeah, they're thinking they're like, oh, what the heck. That creates an emotional bond. So, like, you can be living in the same house together, and we're like, well, we're together from five until bedtime every day. But unless you're, like, really putting your attention on each other, you may not be actually having quality time. If you're all distracted and on your phones and all that stuff. That quality time is a really great time to be intimate with each other. Mm -hmm. And when I say intimate, I don't mean sex. Although, like we've said, sometimes 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 having that that great talk can lead to then sex. Mm-hmm. Sure. And sometimes that's the best but sex But it's there. the emotional bond, I think, that people are missing yes. these days. Because, you know, sex is easy to have. And people do it for all kinds of reasons. It doesn't mean as much to a lot of people unless there is the pre-existing emotional bond. And that's, I think, what is causing people to be so lonely in their relationships. I want to add to this this quality time, quantity and quality time, is that... I have found, and you tell me how you feel about this, but I have found that I'm not bored with the marriage. Mm. When we start having that quality time, and we're being intimate with each other. I don't feel like I'm bored with you. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm bored with the marriage. Now, mm. obviously go out and play with each other, have a good time, um, go bowling, go shooting, you know, go skydiving, whatever it is your jam is, go on cruises, do mm-hmm. all those things to have fun. Mm-hmm. That helps prevent boredom. But having that quality time is also not boring. Mm-hmm. I found, surprisingly, after all these years we've been together, there's still things that you tell me that you've never told me before. So sometimes you think, well, you'll just run out of things to talk about. So things just kind of get settled in. But if you really like go for it, you can find things that you've never told each other before. And I think that's that keeps things interesting. It does. And I think I think as you become more intimate with your spouse, I think that... If you pay attention to your feelings, you'll begin to realize how much you care about your spouse mm-hmm. and how you, how much you love them and how you would never want to harm them. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes I think people who are unfaithful don't always think about that. They think about themselves. Mm-hmm. And some, so I've heard some people say it's selfish, and that may be the case. It may not. I don't know. I've never been unfaithful. Yeah. Well, like we um, said, infidelity is very complex. It is very complex. But I start to discover my feelings for you, and it's really special, and it's very deep. Mm. Um, there'll be times when I'll be snuggling with you in the morning, and these feelings come up, and I, I can't help but share them. I was going to say vomit them out, but then, you know, people get the wrong idea. <laughs> That's not quite what I mean. <laughs> That's funny. So another thing is um, putting your marriage above the kids. There's a lot of people who say kids need to come first. And, you know, there's times when, yeah, like if the kid is running in the road, you want to take care of the kid. If you have a newborn, if you have a little young, young child, yeah, there are sometimes their needs do come first. But if you're like, well, the kids come first and the marriage, whatever, you can have both. That's what people forget is like, I can prioritize my children and I can prioritize my marriage. And sometimes, it means getting a babysitter. Sometimes it means going in a room and locking the door and letting the kids watch a show. Well, we've talked about, we go on many dates. We went on one last night. Mm-hmm. We need to get away from the kids. Yeah. So we tell the older ones, watch the younger ones, and yeah. we're gone. And if you don't have older ones to watch younger ones, I totally understand that challenge. That is a separate challenge. But, you know, sometimes it's like find another family you can just trade with. Because 
a lot of the reason we didn't go on a lot of dates when our kids were little is because we're like, well, we can't afford the date and the babysitter. It just felt like and we had no family too much. We didn't have anybody really, but I would sometimes find friends who could watch our kids for us. Um, but yeah, sometimes a mini date can be at home. Actually, I have a whole list of mini dates you can do at home. That's true. One wrinkle of our life is that our oldest child came down or was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And so to send him off to a babysitter... Made was, it way harder. It was way harder because yeah. most people don't understand it. And he was still in that beginning stages and had to have constant care. Yeah. And so I don't know what else to suggest, but find a way to spend that quality time together mm-hmm. without the interruption of kids I if mean, you can. I mean, seriously, even five or ten minutes a day... You will be amazed how much difference that makes, even if it's just a little bit of time after the kids are, have gone to bed. And I don't think it's detrimental to use the TV for a babysitter once in a while. I mean... If it's for a half hour, let them watch SpongeBob. You do it's you, funny. but... <laughs> yeah, do whatever you have to do. Uh, one other thing that I really think is important is... Well, something that I noticed is that sometimes it felt like we were living completely different things. Like... We had completely different visions and goals for ourselves. Kind of like, what are we even doing? Like, how are we even relating to each other? And something that helped has helped us at various times is to create a shared vision for something. One example of this is we decided to make a quilt together. And so we worked together to choose the fabrics. We worked together to decide the pattern to use and all of those things and then we also made it worked on it together and it's not finished yet but it will be <laughs> we well, will finish this and that was but, but the point of it wasn't so that we would have a quilt at the end the point of it was for us to have a project to work on together and I think that really brought us together it's not a big deal like a quilt whatever maybe quilting isn't your thing find something that uh, maybe a project that you can work together or Like financial goals is sometimes something that can bring you together because like, you know, we want to have so much money in the bank or we want to earn enough money so that we can go to this place or do the thing that we want to do. But just having shared values and talking about those and even having, even when there's things that one of you cares about and that the other one doesn't really care that much about, you can still participate in the things that the other likes. Like you come to my music concerts. Would you go to concerts if it weren't for me? Probably not. Would I go to the shooting range by myself? Probably not. But I go with you because I care about what you care about. And just participating in each other's hobbies or having like a shared vision for something can really bring you together in a new way. Yeah, back to the quilt. Uh, this is going to be a shameless plug for my validation here. <laughs> that was my idea. And it's because I started to feel in that time of our life, there was... I had had some promotions at work and things were pretty stressful and I felt that separation mm-hmm. more from and you. How can we how can we come back together? You were going to say something. I was going to say I was going through some really personal, stressful, hard things at that time as well. And we just felt like we live together, but we don't really do anything together. Right. And so I thought, what what can we do? And I knew you liked to quilt and believe it or not, I, I kind of like it too. But... But I chose something that was more hmm. geared toward your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have picked, hey, let's go do Steel Challenge at the gun range, right? Mm-hmm. But that that wouldn't have engaged you It wouldn't much. have been as engaging for me. You're so right. I chose something. And husbands and wives out there, you can choose something that maybe your spouse is a little more into or adept to. And 
and go that route. And so I, I remember saying, hey, let's make a quilt together. And you picked up on it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about it. And before long, it became a thing. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. But what? I learned some things. And we would we'd go into quilting shops. And we went and looked for fabric. And yes, it's not done. But anyway. But it will be. That. It will be. <laughs> Ten years. No, this year. We're hoping to get it done this year. We're going to finish it this year. Sometimes when we're feeling like we're just kind of in the doldrums, we just sit down and say, remember when we got married? And we just reminisce about when we were dating and the day we got married and we talk about our memories of the day we got married and we talk about how things were when we were newlyweds. And it's amazing how revisiting those memories can really draw you together it can really and bring back some f- of those feelings yes help you feel the way you felt then and to really help you feel more connected to each other so it's a really simple easy thing that you can do to just go like hey i want to feel more connected with you let's talk about our early days let's talk about what we were right. thinking when we were dating and all those things right. and, and again that's another thing that increases your shields mm-hmm. uh, toward against those uh infidelity photon torpedoes yeah they really can come out of nowhere. They can. I guess I don't have data to back this up. But I really don't think that people who cheat, for the most part, intended to cheat. I think they find themselves here and they're like, oh, crap, how did I get here? I don't think it's really people. I guess that there are cases where people do. Um, but I think for the most part, people sort of accidentally fall into it because it seems innocent enough. It's just two people talking at the water cooler at work or whatever, we're just friends or messaging on Facebook or yeah. we're just friends with each other and then all of a sudden you find yourself having feelings for them well and sometimes and it's, it's totally innocent you don't realize that that you're falling for this person mm-hmm. you don't even realize it yeah until one day you wake up and you're like wow I like this person more than my spouse and I really like the way that feels mm-hmm. and so to do these things intentionally as proactive Rather than like, oh, but I don't think people most of the time are like, hey, I'm going to go cheat on my spouse today. Like, I don't think it's, that's usually how it is. Another thing that I think is important is to have boundaries for yourself that prevent you from having the opportunity to become so attracted is, to somebody so else. So this is, this is different than you two working together. Now this is yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's always been my personal policy not to be alone with another man. You know, if I could at all avoid it. And that's just always, like, not to be alone in the car. If there is a situation where somebody needs a ride or something, I'll bring somebody along with me or something like that. I mean, I've always I've been a stay-at-home mom, and so that's been a little bit easier for me to follow because I'm not, like, in work situations where sometimes you're put together with somebody being told to do so by somebody else or whatever. I wanted to crack a joke right there. I was going to say I had, I actually have a boundary to where I will never be in bed with another woman. I, I always keep that away. Okay, that's a good boundary. Yeah, yeah. Really good job. Well done. <laughs> um, and so maybe that one isn't for you. Maybe being alone with somebody of the opposite sex isn't yeah, the boundary for you. But it's to, not possible. to really say, like, I think it's important to look at yourself and say, like, where are my possibly my weak points? And how can I strengthen those weak points with boundaries for myself? Uh, well, to add to your, the boundaries is... Maybe this, I don't know, maybe I'm off in left field. And you can correct me if you think I am, but don't share those deep, intimate things with someone else. Mm-hmm. The things that you would, should be telling your wife or you do tell your wife, don't tell someone else. Like, right. I don't, don't go telling other women about 
you know, deep things of myself. I think sometimes what happens is you'll find two people who are friends somehow, and they're both struggling with their marriage, and so they bond over struggling I've in their marriage. Several times. Yeah. And then they fall in love with each other. They become attracted to each other because they're so validating each other over all the struggles that they're having in their marriage. How ironic is that? Well, and then sometimes they, after they get divorced, because their other first marriage falls apart, they end up getting married. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Right. So, I mean, if you really find that, like, maybe you aren't um, happy in your marriage and it's not the marriage for you and your spouse isn't the person you want to be with, like, there's time and a place for that. And maybe to get divorced first. And then you can pursue another relationship if you feel like that's the right thing to do. That's, in my opinion, a lot more clean what's the word moral i mean it's a moral value obviously and maybe not everybody shares that value but i think there would be a lot less heartbreak that way because it's one thing to get a divorce and it's another thing to get a divorce because your spouse has been cheating i mean that's a whole extra layer of pain obviously we support marriage and we hope that people will stay married um, but sometimes divorce really is the right thing but don't blow up your marriage by cheating in order to get out of it Sometimes people actually do that. They cheat so that they can have an excuse to get divorced, but you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that to yourself. You don't need to do that to your spouse or your kids or anybody around you. Yeah. And so if you are committed to your marriage and you do want to stay in your marriage, there are things you can do for yourself. Like I don't message other guys. Like sometimes I'm curious about friends I had in high school or whatever, but I'm not like privately messaging them on the side because that's hurtful to the spouses. Even if there's nothing going on, even if it's simply friends talking to each other, that is hurtful. I've seen that firsthand with other people mm-hmm. um, who they have a blow up and you find out they are talking with an ex on Facebook mm-hmm. or some sort of social media and or they're calling again, them or texting them. Even if it is completely innocent, it still can be very hurtful to your spouse. Right. It can be very damaging to the relationship if they find out you've been messaging some other person for months or telling them things that they don't want you to tell them. And so being really careful what you do online and having an open policy, like sometimes you'll say, oh, I heard heard from such and such person or whatever. Um, And yeah, if somebody from high school messaged me, I'd be like, hey, yeah, what's going on? But I wouldn't like keep the conversation going forever and ever like Mm -hmm. in this private way. Sometimes I'll comment on people's posts but that's public and it's open and it's not hiding anything or or developing a relationship beyond just like high school friends or whatever so just being really careful what relationships you're nurturing online because that does cause a lot of friction in a lot of relationships some people have a no phones at dinner rule some people have no phones in bed rule or they put boundaries around their phones because how often do people including myself, let their attention be drawn into their phones, whatever that may be, whether it's games, whether it's social media, whether it's whatever it is. And that's precious time you can be spending bonding with your spouse. And instead, you're just sort of distracted by giving that attention to someone else. Phones are the worst sometimes. Like they make the dings all the time and you just feel like you have to check it. They're validating. And there's so much dopamine and all of that, and it's not easy. And so having boundaries around when and where you will use your phones can be a really great way to keep your marriage strong. So there's just one last point 
So if you feel like you are struggling in your marriage, how do you know when to get help? And my answer to that would be now. So many people wait till it's far too late to try to save their marriage through professional help. And I'm sad for that because if you had come three years ago, things might have been able to be different and you wouldn't have been as maybe checked out of the marriage by then. You wouldn't have been so hurt. Um, there was a guy that I learned about. He's a marriage coach or some kind of thing. He's all about relationships and he started his study of marriage long before he was actually married. And then he met his wife and they got married and they started getting help with their marriage immediately. And it wasn't because their relationship was rocky at all. Their relationship was really good. But I remember him telling the story about how they found a couple whose marriage they admired and said, hey, let's go out to dinner once a month and you can help us with our marriage. You can just kind of, kind of help show us the way. Um, a coach is great for that. Or, you know, sometimes it's a parent or a good friend or a sibling or somebody who's just a little bit further along, but whose marriage you admire and you feel like they could give you their advice. Obviously, like maybe the way that worked for them may not work for you, but just having somebody to come with together. We're, we're saying they just came together as a couple and said, kind of like, this is what we're struggling with. How do we manage this? Or what do you see as going on? And that can be really useful. I wish we had done that because we didn't, we were sort of like, we're just kind of figuring this out on our own. And if we had had a little bit of help, we probably would have avoided a lot of the problems that we created for ourselves. If we'd had somebody to come and say, actually, that's pretty normal. And so we wouldn't have worried about it. Or somebody saying, actually, that's not normal. Maybe you could try this instead. Or, you know, if we just had a little bit more guidance or a little bit of more support, I think we probably could have avoided a lot of a lot of troubles. When to get help is now, whether you feel like you're struggling or not, to learn about marriage. Oh, and the other thing is online courses or books are also a really great source. If you feel like you don't really have a person or can afford therapy or whatever, there's a lot of amazing other resources out there, podcasts and whatever, that can help you learn how to do marriage better. You just figure out what works for you. Find a person, find a book, find a philosophy that you feel really works for you and do the things that they tell you to do. Don't just read the book and then go back to your what you were doing before, you know, like let it change you. That's all I have. It's all I got too. So get them shields up. Yeah, because your marriage is worth it. It is. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Marriage Bites Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. Do you feel like the fun and adventure you used to have has been crowded out by work, kids, and just life in general? I have put together 24 super fun date night ideas that will have you laughing and connecting in 20 minutes or less. So head over to andalynprice.com to get a whole bunch of easy and free date ideas. You'll be amazed at how a little bit of play can have you laughing and connecting in no time. Babysitter not required. Get all your wiggles out now so I don't have to edit out all your I wish chairs. our listeners could see me. I'm dancing in my chair. Yeah. Okay. Ready to go. This is the Marriage Bites Podcast, episode 78. Shields up. Protect your marriage. That clipped. Maybe you could try it again just okay. a little bit.
When you have such a deep, booming voice, it's hard not to go beyond the scope of the... I could just... Do you think I need to do it again? You could, and I'll just use the best one. I mean, I was trying to channel Jean-Luc Picard. I don't know if... <laughs> He's bald, I'm bald, you know. I mean, 